0: Sweet.
1: Nothing's like a pistol to his head. Is the Troll Patrol live with Justin?
2: Welcome to the Troll Patrol live. It's a freaking Labor Day, and before we get started, I need to. I just noticed once the camera came up, I don't have my background behind me. Now, if that if that didn't get you hyped, if those songs did not get you hyped, you are not a real leftist, and I am hyped for tonight's stream. Because this, this is what a real leftist does. We are going to talk about the labor movement in the U.S. We are going to watch a UAW, a little short uh, mini documentary about the history of the labor movement here in the U.S. We're going to get Biden's speech uh, from earlier today, his Labor Day speech. Uh, I'm going to explain to you what the three songs that you heard during the countdown are, the history behind them. They are all... Three. Very significant. You are hearing the instrumental version of the Workers Front song right now. You heard the one with the uh, U, uh, the English lyrics. The US lyrics. The English lyrics during the countdown. I'm not high enough for this shit. Okay, we're going to hear from Dark Brandon. Unfortunately, I was looking for something Bernie Sanders to play. Uh, Bernie had a Like a history of the labor movement, but it was just like professors talking on Zoom. And I was like, I would like a little more uh, substance to it. You know, I want something that's a little more uh, has video and narration goes into the real history of the labor union. I found one by the United Auto Workers. We're going to watch a United Auto Workers piece about the history of the labor movement. Looks like it was done in the 80s or the 90s. Here's your meme for the day. Oh, I didn't even notice. I didn't change the overlay on the intro. Here's your Labor Day themed intro. Oh, Sky Comet. I am so sorry. Justin's not a commie. Justin's not a commie. Now, you might not be able to tell. Yeah, if you live with her. Oh. Isolate as best you can, but, like, that shit, it circulates through the air vents and stuff. It's almost impossible to avoid. That's what, now that I, I live with someone who is a nurse, <laughs> uh, I, I'm a little more open to getting things. <laughs> Especially, like, we're, we're constantly smoking with each other, so... I don't want to do that. That's not fun. I don't want to make a sky comet dies of COVID watch. Oh, that, that would bum me out. You're not a person that we're actually wanting to die with COVID. I I, I don't want to call this a meme. I, I I guess you could call it a meme. It's a two-panel meme. It's just two uh, scenes from Frasier. I believe Frasier, Frasier. I mean, I didn't know Sky Comet. Maybe you want me to go hop on the After Effects and, and put it together. I actually, we we had, I had to change the graphics so often that I did make it into a file where I could change it easily and just put anybody's face into it. And change. <laughs> I did make it to where I could just like, it was a template to where I could just change out the name really fast. But the meme, the meme is just two panels, It's two scenes from Frasier. Frasier. I think it's Frasier. It is Frasier, right? Somebody somebody, correct me. I've never watched Frasier. That is uh, Kelsey Grammer on the top saying you're fired. His producer that's in the booth holds up a manila envelope that says, I'm union. Means she ain't fired. All right, let's get to it. What we got today. I told you I'm going to run down what the three songs we heard at the top were. We're going to hear from Noam Chomsky. I don't know. I'm going to play this. This is from like 15-20 years ago. I don't know that what Noam had to say in the in the mid-2000s. has any bearing on what's going on now, but it might be a it might be ne- It might be neat to look at what he felt about the labor movement when it might have been at its lowest point. Now we're seeing a revitalization. We're going to talk about what the new labor movement might look like. We're going to hear from uh, Joe Biden. Old Brandon was in Milwaukee today. We're going to hear about how labor laws are stacked against workers, and then we are going to highlight workers across the country. UPS workers are ready, are poised to strike. It could be one of the largest strikes in the history of the country. Philadelphia uh, Starbucks workers staged a sip in. Maine Starbucks workers going on strike. Florida Starbucks workers going on strike Pennsylvania nurses Wisconsin nurses Columbus teachers Seattle teachers we're even gonna go to England we're gonna talk about bus strikes and then I'm gonna show you I'm gonna show you the men who quite possibly did the hardest labor today Russian cosmonauts repaired the space station it's going to be fantastic footage we're going to watch. And then when we're going to end. I always have an animal video for you. I'm going to show you some cats. Cats being employed in a store. That is your Labor Day-centric Troll Patrol Live. Tomorrow night, we'll talk about Liz Trust. We'll talk about uh, one of these stabbers found dead in Saskatchewan. We'll do all the news. The special master appointed for Trump. I'm, I'm up on all of it, I assure you. And we're going to talk about all that. We'll be back to regular show tomorrow, but tonight, all labor, wall to wall. And I assure you, it is the best labor-oriented thing on, that you can watch, not just on YouTube or Twitch today. I, I'm, I'm pretty certain none of the corporate media uh, entities are doing anything this good. We're going to start off with the history of some of the songs that you heard. Some of the songs that you heard. We're going to go to the Library of Congress for this one because unfortunately, I couldn't get a Wikipedia entry for it. Oh no, this isn't, this isn't Library of Congress. The Library of Congress is where I actually found the song. Let me, let me go get it for you. Let's play. This is early in the morning. This was the very first song you heard during the countdown. this so work hard? Yes, sir. This is a prison work song. It was sung in Parchman Farm, the Mississippi State Penitentiary, and recorded by Alan Lomax. That's actually the version you are hearing right now. Mark's Troll Emote is coming at you if Twitch approves that. They've been cracking down on political. They they wiped out all of they they wiped out Nancy Trelosi. They wiped out Troll Biden. It sucks. So these recordings were made in 1947 in the Mississippi State Penitentiary at Parchman. The singers were all black prisoners who, according to the practice of Mississippi, were serving out their time by working on a huge state cotton plantation in the fertile Yazoo Delta. Only a few strands of wire separated the prison from adjoining plantations. Only the sight of an occasional armed guard or a barred window in one of the framed dormitories made one realize that this was a prison. The land produced the same crop. There was the same work for the black people to do on both sides of the fence. And yes, I'm skipping using uh, the outdated terminology. And there were no, uh, white people who were not aware of how easy it were for him to find on the wrong side of those few, I'm sorry, I fucked that up. So the custom of work song singing was dying out by 1947. You can hear other recordings and you might actually be far more familiar with other recordings of this song. It has been sampled many a time in rap songs too. Drake, Drake, good evening. Good evening or good morning. Good morning wherever you may be. So the next song uh, was Whose Side Are You On? Which side are you on? I'm sorry, I fucked that up. The song written in 1931 by activist Florence Reese, who was the wife of Sam Reese, a union organizer for the United Mine Workers in Harlan County, Kentucky. In 1931, the miners and the mine owners in southeastern Kentucky were locked in a bitter and violent struggle called the Harlan County War. In an attempt to intimidate the family of union leader Sam Reese, Sheriff J. H. Blair and his men, hired by the mining company, illegally entered their home in search of Reese. Reese had been warned and escaped, but his wife Florence and their children were terrorized. That night, after the men had gone, Florence wrote the lyrics to Which Side Are You On, a calendar that hung in the kitchen. She took the melody from a traditional Baptist hymn, Lay the Lily Low, or the traditional ballad, Jack Monroe. Reese supported a second wave of minor strikes circa 1973 as recounted in the documentary Harlan County, USA. She and others performed Which Side Are You On? a number of times throughout. Reese recorded the song later in life, and it can be heard on the album Coal Mining Women. We're hearing it now.
1: Which side are you on?
0: Don't scab for the bosses, don't listen to their lies. Those poor folks haven't got a chance. As well
2: as referred to by Bob Dylan in the song Desolation Row It was also the inspiration for the title of Alessandro Portelli's 2011 book on Harlan County's coal mining community. The last song you heard was the United Workers Song, The Song of the United Front. You heard the English lyrics, that has been recorded in virtually every language, I do believe. I'm gonna fuck up the pronunciation. In "Heizenfrontlanded." In Heizenfronted oh, yeah. is one of the most famous songs of the German labor movement was written by Bertolt Brecht and composed by Hans Esler. The best-known rendition was sung by Ernst Busch. After Hitler came to power in January of 1933, the situation for left-wing movements in Germany drastically deteriorated. The antagonism between the Social Democratic Party and the Communist Party had long divided the German left. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? After the Nazis banned both parties and labor unions in the summer of 1933, many people, including Bertolt Birch, believed that only a united front of social democrats and communists could fight back against fascism. In 1934, at the request of fellow theater director Erwin Piscator, Betch wrote uh, the Urson in-house front in- in- calling for all workers to join the Arbiter Eisenfront or the Workers' United Front. The song was performed the next year in the first International Workers' Music Olympiad held in Strasbourg by a choir of 3,000 workers. As I said, you were hearing the uh, English version. Uh, This is the instrumental version that played during my intro. I, I could not get Ernie Ford in because I do, I do not believe I can get that in without uh, violating a copyright. Sorry, sorry. I do believe uh, 16 tons is still under copyright. I can still get my $0.14 from YouTube playing all the songs I've played you. I'm having a Labor Day bong. And I'm having a doctor enough. Because you are a worker, too. Seriously, all of these songs have made me incredibly hyped. Boom! The Union Cause, an animated history of the labor movement. This is a piece done by the United Auto Workers. Sitting cow, Mandy, welcome. Good evening.
3: The year is 1739. In colonial America, if if you are just
2: joining us, uh, we are going to do a brief history of the labor movement. We're going to hear from Joe Biden from his speech today, and then we are going to highlight all of these strikes. And we're not all of there's a lot of them. I'm going to give you a a survey of some of the labor movements currently going on here in the U.S. from Starbucks to the UPS strike that may be the biggest strike in the history of the country.
3: There were free people indentured servants, and slaves. Six to nine British pounds bought a man or a woman without skills for a four-year period. Skill workers on the block brought in 10 pounds, perhaps, if the bidding was lively. The year is 1806, the place Philadelphia. The defendants, a small group of shoemakers, court-winners they were called. Their crime, combining in an attempt to raise their wages, improve their conditions of work. Guilty, said the court, of violating the law. Can't have that in the United States. Illegal. Guilty as charged. This was a time when men were imprisoned for debts, when to be unable to pay your debts was a crime. And under this harsh penalty, it was not the well-to-do who suffered. In the new factories that came with the Industrial Revolution, women and children were the workers. Public schools, almost non-existent. Some voices, the poet Shelley was one, did speak out against this cruel plight. Disraeli referred to the two worlds, the world of the rich, the world of the poor. America's Walt Whitman chanted a song of democracy. Bryant upheld the right of men to join unions. And in Parliament in England, opposing the death sentence for workers who dared to protest their lot, Lord Byron declared, you call these men a mob. It is the mob that labor in your fields and serve in your houses, that man your navy and recruit your army. Never have I seen such squalid wretchedness. And what is your remedy? Death. Is there not enough blood under your penal code? Man, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Now the year is 1830. The place, New York. And wage earners were beginning to find their voices, too. Unions, even though illegal, were organized in most cities. And working men's political parties were making demands for social justice. the 10-hour day. An end to child labor. Oh, what quaint notions. In New York, Frances Wright, the woman reformer, together with George Henry Evans, Robert Dale Owen, Thomas Skidmore, led the campaign which established the public schools, broadened the right to vote, closed the debtors' prisons, finally. But slaves continued on the block. I tremble for my country, Thomas Jefferson said, when I reflect that God is just and cannot sleep forever. Some helped them escape through the Underground Railroad to Canada. Others, fighting slavery, gave their lives. John Brown. Had I so interfered on behalf of the rich, it would have been all right. To have interfered on behalf of his despised poor, I did no wrong. Now if it be deemed necessary that I should forfeit my life, I say, let it be done. The date, January 1st, 1863. Abraham Lincoln signs the Emancipation Proclamation. All persons held as slaves are, and henceforth shall be, free. Distant dreams of the youthful American labor movement beginning to come true. Land-grant colleges established for farmers and wage earners. A homestead law enacted giving free land to settlers. Now for the first time, the railroads, built by Chinese and Irish laborers, reached from the Atlantic to the Pacific. A new metalworking industry came into existence, and unions, local combinations of workers until now, were growing into national bodies. William Silvers, labor's first national figure, labor's champion. I love this union cause. I hold it more dear than my family or my life. I'm willing to devote to it all that I am, have, or hope for. In this world. And this union cause thrived. The National Labor Union was formed. A National Labor Party met. Then, side the- are you the- on? The crash, the hunger and violence of the great upheaval, strikes by desperate men, and state troopers called out to break them. In Pennsylvania, Irish immigrant miners. Denied the right to belong openly to legal unions, had organized a secret society, the Molly Maguires, to protect their claims to justice as workers. The evidence on which ten Mollies were convicted was found to be false, 75 years after they had gone to the gallows and were hanged.
2: going to be vaulted seventy-five years after they were hanged.
3: Powderly to the annual meeting of the Knights of Labor, their creed: universal brotherhood. And in fifteen years, seven hundred thousand members had rallied to that idea. The Knights launch a nationwide campaign for an eight-hour day. Then, at Chicago, May Fourth, eighteen eighty-six, four men killed by armed strikebreakers at the McCormick Works plant. In the evening, without warning, police attack a workers' protest meeting. There is shooting a bomb is thrown. And before the clash is halted, 10 lie dead, 100 injured. Six years later, the innocence of the Haymarket anarchists was revealed. But again, too late for the executed and for the knights of labor destroyed with them. The first Labor Day, and to lead the march of labor with the first plan for a successful union organization, three men appear: Samuel Gompers, earning his way as a youth reading books aloud to cigar makers while they listened and worked the other two peter mcguire of the carpenters union otto strasser of the cigar makers said strasser we have no ultimate ends we fight only for immediate objects 1881, they helped to create a federation of organized trades and labor unions.
1: 1886,
3: it becomes, with Gompers as president, the American Federation of Labor. But the road for workers was a hard one still. And in more than one trial, defeat. Now they are pitted against the Pullman Company, makers of railroad cars. On trial is Eugene Debs, His prosecutor, the Attorney General of the United States. For the defense... One of the greatest American heroes. ...the issue before the court. Can a law intended to regulate business be used to authorize labor injunctions? The answer, yes. Debs went to jail, the strike was lost. The union destroyed. The turn of the century, and great waves of immigrants coming to America. Italians, Greeks, Irish, Czechs—that's one of the
2: things that gets me so upset when people want to hold up U.S. imperialism. They want to talk about Eugene V. Debs, Mandy. Eugene V. Debs. They want to talk about people fighting for your freedom. Eugene V. Debs did more to fight for your freedom than any fucking soldier that's ever served. I'm, I'm sorry to say that. I'm sorry that they were fed nonsense lies. Debs is, like,
3: one of the greatest American heroes. Poles, ...Romanians, Russians, Jews, a million a year. Seeking freedom, they found slums. Seeking wealth, they found the sweatshops. But if justice did not walk their streets, Jewish immigrants found they could work for it through the garment unions they organized, enriching practical union goals with a new sense of industrial and social democracy. The turn of the century, Pope Leo XIII, emphasizing the right of workers to join trade unions. President Teddy Roosevelt, warning of the growing hold of monopolies, urging their regulation. J.P. Morgan, banker, putting together U.S. steel, international harvester, the great corporate trusts. William Haywood, head of the IWW, the industrial workers of the world, the Wobblies, Organizing the unskilled. Henry Ford, engineering the modern assembly line, applying the principle of mass production. John Mitchell. Man, they left that part out, didn't they? United Mine Workers Union. These were among the dominant figures. The 20th century opens. Labor force, 29 million. The work week, 57 hours. Average weekly wage, $13. Out of the locomotive repair pits came the Machinists' Union and the Murray Hill Agreement, one of the first national contracts establishing the nine-hour day. Another step towards the eight-hour day that the Knights of Labor, a generation earlier, had sought in vain.
2: We need to be working toward a uh, four-day work week at
3: this moment. The winds were foul, the work was hard, from Liverpool docks to Brooklyn Yard. Lever, Johnny, Lever. But Johnny couldn't leave her, under the law. In 1895, Congress had reduced the penalty for desertion, made it illegal for officers...
2: I personally would like to see the cap at 24 hours. I would like to see a 24-hour work week. Now, however you want to delve that out, that's, that's up to you, right? So if that's in three days, if that's across five days, blah, blah, blah... That's up to, to, that's between you and your employer. I want to see a 24-hour work week. Now, what that does is makes labor far more scarce and drives up the cost of labor. So, like, it's going to be a hard uh, fight to get that, but we should, we should definitely fight for it.
3: Don't stop until we get a zero-day work week. Absolutely. ...to beat seamen. Guaranteed sailors the right to demand safe ships. He right said seamen. But the Supreme Court said the law was unconstitutional.
2: I'm, like we've been far too serious and we've, we've spent like the last 15 minutes being really serious on this show. so I felt like I had to like say something you know childish.
3: Up yours woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who.
2: But also I'm glad I'm glad I played this and I'm glad it was good because I didn't watch it before I played it on the show. It could have sucked, but like it has been really
3: informative a law forbidding child labor was unconstitutional
2: oh my god
3: after 20 years pleading Andrew Feruseth, head of the Siemens Union won a hearing before congress and the La Follette Act of 1915 ended slavery abortion.
2: he was the head of the Siemens Union you live in sexual anarchy
3: <laughs> Sorry, let's go back I was talking there the Knights of Labor a generation earlier had sought in vain. The winds were foul, the work was hard, from Liverpool docks to Brooklyn Yard. Leave her, Johnny, leave her. But Johnny couldn't leave her, under the law. In 1895, Congress had reduced the penalty for desertion, made it illegal for officers to beat seamen, guaranteed sailors the right to demand safe ships, the right to collect their pay. But the Supreme Court said the law was unconstitutional, just as it said a law forbidding child labor was unconstitutional. After 20 years pleading, Andrew had. So the Supreme Court has sucked really bad in the past, too. And the La Follette Act of 1915 ended slavery aboard the nation's ships. 1912, the Clayton Anti-Monopoly Act. The labor of a human being is not a commodity. 1916, the Adamson Act.
2: This is the Union
3: Cause by the UAW. Eight-hour day for the nation's Here's the drill. link. The new freedoms advocated by President Woodrow Wilson. A war labor board gives workers the right to organize. Power to the seamen 1918, indeed. The First World War ends. But in 1919, no peace in the steel towns. Living in hovels, pitifully underpaid, exhausted from an endless 12-hour day, sometimes seven days a week, once again the men sought deliverance through a union. Twenty-four craft unions banded into a single committee. Responding to appeals in 29 languages, 100,000 workers flocked to join within a year. But the companies refused to negotiate. Said the New York World, the Pennsylvania state constabulary, the dreaded coal and iron police, has been concentrated...
2: I'm not exactly sure what year it was done. I guess the '80s. I don't have a, uh, a, a like an exact date, and it doesn't look like I have a link to an external site. That we might we, we might get we might get a date at the end. In the
3: end, violence. The strike lost. Twenty dead. Eighteen of them union members, said a Protestant Church commission. U.S. Steel is too big to be beaten by three hundred thousand workers. 1920. The labor force, 42 million. The work week, 50 hours. Average weekly wage, 35 dollars. 1924. For the AFL, a difficult period. Corporations attacking with harsh injunctions. Paternalistic welfare plans. Employer-dominated company unions. William Green, succeeding Samuel Gompers, becomes president of the American Federation of Labor. Senator Robert La Follette Wisconsin's great progressive leader, runs for president of the United States, with AFL support. Senator George Norris of Nebraska, architect of the Tennessee Valley Authority, leads a lonely struggle for public use of national resources. He and New York Congressman Fiorello LaGuardia draft the Norris-LaGuardia anti-injunction law, ending the use of federal courts to deny workers their rights. October 29th a stock market crash, and by 1930, the Great Depression had set in. Herbert Hoover in the White House. Of a labor force of 49 million, 16 million unemployed. Average weekly wage for those with jobs, $23.25. For the others, the breadlines. Factories stood empty while hungry men searched for work, and on farms, the food surpluses rotted. Communities of shanties, Hoovervilles, they were called, sprang up on the outskirts of cities. And here, in the most degrading squalor, families lived. By 1932, the Depression found millions facing foreclosure. Desperate, demanding jobs and relief, hunger marchers, needy war veterans converged on Washington. A grim administration reacted. It ordered federal troops to drive them out with bayonets and tear gas. Then, at the edge of disaster, with a banking system in collapse, a new deal. We have nothing to fear but fear itself, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt proclaimed at his inaugural. In the rebound of spirit, a million and a half workers joined the labor movement within the first six months. Along with the new deal came industrial unions, organization by industry, not only by craft. Led by John L. Lewis, the CIO was born the Congress of Industrial Organizations. The miners, the garment workers, the printers, the oil workers, and the newspaper men, led by Hayward Brun, whose writings articulated the hopes of working people. Surveying the ferment among industrial workers, John L. Lewis declared, he is a madman or a fool who believes that this river of human sentiment can be damned. December 1936. Telegram to Governor Frank Murphy, Lansing, Michigan. We, the workers, have carried on a stay-in strike over a month to make General Motors obey the law and engage in collective bargaining. Stop. The introduction of the militia, sheriffs, or police with murderous weapons will mean a bloodbath of unarmed workers. Stop. We have decided to stay in the plant. Stop. Corporation spokesman demanded that Governor Murphy order state troops into Flint to drive the men out with bayonets. Instead, he used them to maintain order, while union and company negotiated. Finally, in mid-February, Murphy's Lincoln-like patience prevailed. An agreement was reached between a new union, the UAW CIO, the auto workers, and General Motors, America's largest industrial corporation. When the wave of sit-down strikes had subsided, industrial unions were firmly seated at the bargaining tables, almost. Here in Chicago, on a sunlit Memorial Day morning, a peaceful parade had formed to demand that Little Steel recognize the right of its employees to belong to a union. The huge steel companies, called Little Steel, had continued to defy the law, refusing to negotiate through a union. The defiance erupted in bloodshed. In Chicago, on Memorial Day 1937, ten men were killed, all union members, dressed in their Sunday clothes, all. Shot in the back. The grim truth of the massacre would never have been known, but for the efforts of a Senate committee presided over.
2: I do believe that's this film, or Lord, I believe that's the one that you're you're talking about. I believe this is the film to accompany that booklet. What year was it? Did you find out? Good evening, Cicero. Happy Labor Day to you. As you can tell, uh, I am decked out. You missed the songs from earlier. I highly recommend if you guys didn't catch the whole show, go back. I fucking loved the the history lesson with the songs we listened to. And now we're watching this video by the UAW. It's a little 20-minute summation of the union cause in uh, the U.S. The show's going to get a lot more Troll Patrol-ish the further we go on. We're going to get to the news here in a little bit, but it's all labor news
3: tonight for this Labor Day special by young Bob LaFollette investigating corporate violations of civil rights from such disclosures came the New Deal reforms, the social security law, pensions, unemployment insurance, a ban on child labor, the 8 hour day and the 5 day week and at last, the Wagner Act so Cicero,
2: I don't disagree with your sentiment but like we're fucking celebrating labor over here We're celebrating labor over here. It just says produced decades ago. Oh, shit. (laughs) It could have been the 60s or 70s.
3: It very well could have been the 60s or 70s. Guaranteeing workers the right to belong to unions, to choose in government supervised elections, the union to represent them. By 1941, Ford and Little Steel were finally brought under the law. The labor force had grown to 53 million and union membership 14 million men and women working under signed collective agreements. this could have been made at the height of the labor movement. John L. Lewis, as president of the CIO, directed the Organization of Steel, negotiated the first Ford contract. Under Murray of the CIO and William Green heading the AFL, the two labor bodies learned to work with one another as all America closed ranks during the national mobilization of the Second World War against Hitler's Germany and the militarists in Asia. On the home front, union members turned their energies to the national emergency. In the shops and factories of America, production soared.
2: So, yeah, there's the booklet if you guys want to check it out. Wage earners,
3: ordinary men, free men, purchased defense bonds, donated to blood banks, helped organize industry councils, participated in rationing boards and economic councils.
2: Yeah, it does take balls. That's one of the things. Well, I am so proud. I am from Appalachia. I'm so proud of the history. Uh, like you see me wearing, I'm wearing the red bandana on purpose. The miners wore red bandanas to signify who was a commie in the mines. Those are my ancestors that stopped, uh, the Pinkertons, the coal companies from being able to repossess, uh, houses. They fought the law. It, it's a hell of a history, and I am proud of it. So I, I, I just want to uh, point that out, being from the coal fields of eastern Kentucky. My grandfather helped stand against the National Guard. I'm sorry, Warlord. What? 63? This was made in 63. I was on a roll. I was on a roll. You heard it.
3: Helped mobilize the economy. 1949, and a new union, the Communications Workers of America. Of its 400,000 members, 65% were women. Buff, what's up over on the d labor ...of a new kind of wager, the first big union after the Newspaper Guild to cross the line from blue collar to white that
2: is correct. There there is a mass shortage of blood worldwide. They were already facing a ma- a shortage of blood. We've seen several tragedies. Pakistan and their 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 flooding is is still a disaster of epic proportions. Mississippi has no clean drinking water. They they are seeing uh, uh, a dire need. We're, we're seeing mass power outages, which is ruining storages, uh, storage of blood. So yes, donating blood is is something very significant you can do. Thank you, Ida. Love your face, Buff. I love your uh, 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 your profile pic with the screaming cat.
3: Now a new word to bedevil a worker. Automation. Devices to replace human hands and judgment. Starting and stopping themselves, able to manufacture, calculate, detect flaws better and faster than human hand or brain. The answer of the unions? Plan for full production. Retrain workers losing jobs through automation. Provide dismissal allowances. Relocation payments and earlier retirement. Shorter hours, longer vacations. In effect, to guarantee a new security to the wage earners in America. This was part of the vision of Philip Murray, who once had expressed it in its simplest terms. Carpets on the floors of workers' homes, pictures on their walls, and music in their lives. Unity, December 1955. AFL and CIO become AFL-CIO. In its 127th year, Organized labor, 16 million strong.
2: So yeah, this is a very triumphant video, made in 1963 at the height of the labor movement. And
3: CIO President Walter Ruther, a unified labor... Sorry, boys,
2: it's all downhill from there.
3: Now the 16 million become a part of 60 million workers throughout the world. Members of the International Confederation of Free Trade Unions. Seeking a modern version of the justice a small band of cordwainers sought in colonial Philadelphia a century and a half ago. Remembering the inch by inch advances, the hard-won betterment of their lives, and the sacrifices ordinary people made, and the men who died for these beliefs. Remembering the rights and freedoms won out of a past that was cruel and unhumane That's something I'll salute. When there was not even kindness. Aware of the bright futures and remembering still... I ain't gonna us.
2: salute your fucking flag.
3: To all those nameless men who loved this union cause. But I'll salute workers.
2: Do we, do we get a... Actual date on it. Once again, the materials are from 1963, apparently. I think that would match up with the production value. No, no date. No date stamped on the end of it. It's timeless. Things will never change with the union movement. Noam Chomsky had thoughts on the labor movement in the US. I think this is from. It doesn't say, but I want to date it uh, sometime in 2003 to 2007 time period. And you guys can. The United States is an unusually
4: violent labor history by comparative standards. So workers are being murdered here. Into the 1930s, this is something that was unheard of in Europe or Australia. In fact, right wing British newspapers like the London Times in the 1920s were, just, were reporting back and just appalled at the treatment of American workers. You just don't do that. You know? And in fact, the American labor movement, which was very vibrant and lively, was practically dead by the 1920s, it was killed off by the Wilson Red Scares. Uh, so it was almost it was almost dead. There's a great book on labor history by David Montgomery, one of the great labor historians, died recently. It's called Something Like The Fall of American Labor. And he's talking about the nineteen twenties. I'd been a bit very sprightly young winterstand By nineteen twenties. The-
2: <laughs> well, if you've seen any of his recent interviews, I mean like he does look sprightly and young compared.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> but I want to. This could be the late '90s. Uh, I want to. I want to. I want to say like 2003 to 2007-ish, somewhere in that time period.
4: There was almost nothing there. It came back. The 1930s. It came back. Uh, CIO organizing. The depressions will do that. Enough to remember this, my unemployed, working class family was part of it. Uh, That was the cutting edge of the uh, New Deal legislation, and it got very far. Um, By the time it got to sit down- President Bauer,
2: crazy wars indeed.
4: uh, Enterprises, it really put the, you know, real fear in the hearts of the business classes. A sit down strike is just one step before taking over the factory and saying goodbye, we don't need you, we'll run it ourselves. Uh, So at that point you start getting, the new deal legislation which was very significant shouldn't be but designed to prevent the labor movement from going any farther important i'm not denigrating it i'm glad it happened uh, but it, uh, it it was intended to contain as well as support working people
2: so we don't eat them from the factory let well, me let me translate into 2022 terms uh, the workers wanted to eat the bosses from the factory and take over and run the factories themselves. So they got the New Deal legislation to kind of keep the workers complacent enough to stay obedient. They didn't eat the bosses.
4: And suddenly, if you read the business press in those years, you get the same paranoia. I mean, the world's coming to an end. But they did start to organize, the business world, uh, other devices for controlling labor what were called scientific methods of strike breaking. Uh, They were kind of worked out and began to be applied in the 1930s, kind of interesting to look at them. Everything was on hold during the Second World War, of course, but immediately after the Second World War started instantly, Taft-Hartley Act set in 1947, huge propaganda campaigns by the business world to indoctrinate workers, uh, forced sessions in factories, uh, uh, efforts to take over schools, uh, sports leagues, and nothing was left out. There's interesting literature on this if you want to read it. What did we go over last night with the right wing? Virtual
2: Rug, Virtual Rug. Thank you for joining us here on this Labor Day special. We just watched a video by the by the UAW about the history of the labor movement. We did some traditional worker songs at the beginning. I highly recommend going and, going back and checking out the VOD on this. But yeah, Chomsky is is updating us on the labor movement circa like late 90s early 2000s possibly. We don't have an exact date. But uh, he, he, he definitely filled in some of the gaps on the, on the UAW and like, you know, basically said that the uh, New Deal legislation was passed to keep workers complacent so that they didn't take over the factories. Insightful.
4: Just an amazing propaganda campaign. Uh, make people hate government. Uh, but nevertheless... Yes,
2: yes, yes, yes. What he what he just said like history repeats itself. Listen to what the man just said about the right wing in in, in
4: uh, the late uh, 20s early 30s. Interesting to look at them. Everything was on hold during the Second World War, of course, but immediately after the Second World War started. Instantly.
2: Oh, we're in the late 30s early 40s,
4: 1947, huge political campaigns by the business world to indoctrinate workers, uh, forced sessions in factories, uh, uh, efforts to take over schools, uh, sports leagues, and nothing was left out. There's interesting literature on this, if you want to read it. It's just an amazing propaganda campaign. Uh, Make people hate government, uh, but nevertheless, want a big government for us, you know, and uh, uh, hate taxes, uh, the whole business. And uh, it's had a big effect. It took off again, it escalated in the 1970s and we're living in the middle of it today. But It's not the first time in American history. Well, it's happened before, the 1920s were case in point and it can come back. So in answer to your question, uh, if in the 1920s it would have, could have well predicted we'll never have a labor movement. It turns out to be radically incorrect and it could be incorrect now. Depends what people do.
2: Boom, man! I'm so glad I played that. That was excellent. That was a perfect. That was a perfect bridge from the UAW video into this talking about are we on the verge? This episode is brought to you by Curiosity. This is Second Thought. They do fantastic work on the YouTube. Go give them a subscribe.
5: Here, let me give you the video link. Everywhere, if you've turned on the news within the last couple months. You've probably seen all sorts of dramatic coverage and special panels on the supposed labor shortage that has cropped up in the wake of the pandemic. Thanks to the COVID relief checks, tiny and inadequate as they were, for the first time in decades, many Americans found themselves with the tiniest bit of bargaining power against their boss. Suddenly, they could afford to stay home from their low-wage jobs, at least for a little while, and many took the opportunity to do so and look for better employment. This led to a wave of posters and signs outside places like McDonald's saying that no one wants to work anymore, as if it were some kind of moral failing that people were choosing not to slave away over a griddle 10 hours a day for poverty wages. But this new bit of tension between workers and employers is just the tip of the iceberg. In this episode, we're going to explore the possibility that the United States is witnessing the birth of a new labor movement. Okay, time for a pop quiz. I'm going to give you a quote, and you try to guess who said it. Here it is. Labor is prior to and independent of capital. Capital is only the fruit of labor and could never have existed if labor had not first existed. Labor is the superior of capital and deserves much the higher consideration. Who do you think made this assessment of labor and capital? <laughs> if you see my other videos, you might assume this is a quote by Karl Marx. But no. you'd be wrong. This quote is actually by none other than President Abraham Lincoln from his 1861 State of the Union address. Lincoln was a contemporary of... I was going to guess
2: Adam Smith. ...some
5: evidence to suggest that the two may have even corresponded at some point. But regardless, the fact that a president of the United States, a place we today consider the bastion of free market capitalism, would make a statement so supportive of labor over capital is probably shocking to many of you. Believe it no, or not, really. The United States did not always have the exploitative, soul-crushing labor landscape we see today. Their I knew Marx
2: and Lincoln were pen pals, actually
5: when workers had actual bargaining power where they could come together and say to their boss hey we've got some demands and the boss would have to work with them today that kind of relationship is nearly unthinkable the barest hint of unionization in the workplace is often grounds for termination benefits yeah, yeah you're going you're going to see an example of that i do believe pensions vacation time in the news portion of tonight's show leave, a company car a fair wage all relics of a bygone era consumed by the all-devouring ideology of cost-cutting and maximizing profit. Of course, executives never feel the sting of these measures. In fact, their compensation has only continued to grow, to the point where wealth inequality is now just as bad as its peak during the Gilded Age. These days, many workers miss ne- This dude's a commie. They're not even considered employees. The gig economy has drastically changed the way we look at work and as of the latest available data, 36% of American workers have turned to gig work to make ends meet. Combine the lack of livable wages, increasing rates of depression, lower life expectancy, and rock bottom job satisfaction rates with a global pandemic, and you've got the perfect storm for a renaissance of class consciousness and labor activity. While it may not seem like much to the untrained eye, over the past year, we have seen workers taking the very first steps towards fighting for better conditions. One of the most important developments has been the resurgence of the labor strike in various industries as a tool for forcing change. For example, you're going to see some strikes a little later on in the pandemic, show. We saw strikes among nurses, teachers, flight attendants, and auto workers to name just a few. In each of these instances, the workers, typically unionized ones, formulated demands that would provide them with better safety measures and wage protection for the duration of the pandemic. Nurses' unions picketed for adequate PPE and better staffing to handle the massive influx of coronavirus patients. Teachers demanded that schools remained closed until reasonable safety precautions could be implemented to protect themselves and their students from contracting the disease and taking it home to their families. Have you guys noticed uh, uh, which groups of people right-wing media demonize? Flight attendants negotiated for paycheck protection to be a part of the industry bailout, ensuring their economic security through the turbulent pandemic. In a time when millions of Americans were being laid off from work many from jobs that would not survive the pandemic, union workers enjoyed a certain level of protection thanks to their bargaining power. And as such, they were laid off at a lower rate and often with job or paycheck guarantees. That gone unnoticed. After decades of decline in union membership, thanks to vicious union-busting campaigns and expansion of corporate power, in 2020, membership began to tick up again. 2019 marked an all-time low for union membership with an abysmal 10.3% of workers being represented by a union. In the wake of the pandemic, that number has climbed just a bit to 10.8%. While this may not seem significant, it represents the sharpest increase in 40 years, and the fact that it's increasing at all after four decades of steep decline is very promising. This increase in membership corresponds with polling that indicates a majority of Americans see the decline of unions as a bad thing for workers, and it coincides with the proliferation of labor voices on social media. But we'll get to that in a minute. One important union action that's currently ongoing, as of writing the script at least, is the impressive strike by Alabama miners who, along with miners from several other states, traveled all the way to New York City as a group to protest their unfair treatment outside the BlackRock headquarters. BlackRock is the primary shareholder of Warrior Met Coal, which operates out of Brookwood, Alabama. Warrior Met miners have been on strike for over four months now, demanding a fair contract after saving the company from bankruptcy. Back in 2016, when Warrior Met was in danger of going under, miners accepted a $6- By the way, this strike is still going on. Since that time, the company has extracted record profits from their operation, netting $309 million in 2019 while the CEO continues to pocket his $4 million salary. All of this is on the backs of the people who actually do the incredibly hazardous, backbreaking, unenviable work down in the mines. Looking for the date of this video, I will see it. Has garnered very little mainstream media attention. One thing that's very important to note is that class consciousness and solidarity, the practice of standing with your fellow workers... Yeah,
2: people are mining in Alabama, unfortunately.
5: Follow a and they got the child
2: labor, bottom. too. Oh, you, fucking sure It's a real throwback in Alabama. ...in
5: New York, looking down on the miners as a bunch of rednecks. Not only their class enemy, but opposed to their... Yeah, 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 yeah warlord. Were. While it may be true that many of these Alabama miners espouse right-wing politics in general, if you listen to their own words about the strike- August 6, 2021, 2021 so about a year ago. A Republican would support. The United Mine Workers Association president said, We're in New York City because we're simply following the money and demanding that those who created that wealth, the miners, get their fair share of it. While Abraham Lincoln would certainly have agreed with that sentiment, modern politicians are opposed to it in every way. Boy howdy, but yeah, let me let me go ahead and highlight
2: that this was like today in the Alabama political reporter. As strike stretches on, Alabama coal miners could use Democrat support. Yes, they could. National Democrats have talked plenty about supporting labor unions, but as the strike at Warrior Met Coal continues, they're mostly absent. Now remember, the strike had been going on for months when that video was made a year ago. Still going on today. We come back from the other side of the break. Joe Biden was in Milwaukee giving a speech. Centered on labor, we're going to talk about how labor laws are stacked against workers, and how the UPS workers uh, could could strike and bring about the biggest strike in the history of the country. Plus, we're going to check in with Seattle teachers, Columbus teachers, Pennsylvania nurses, Wisconsin nurses, Starbucks workers, so much, and even we're going over to England. We're going to talk about bus strikes in England, all that and more on the other side of the break. On the Troll Patrol, live. Hi, I'm Justin Freakin. I'm a leftist broadcaster and comedian. Not liberal, leftist. And despite what you may have heard from right wing propaganda, George Soros isn't handing out Soros bucks and funding people like me. There are no Koch Brothers, Mercers, or any number of right-wing think tanks funding content on the left side of the spectrum the way they fund people like Ben Shapiro, Dave Rubin, and Dennis Prager. And YouTube doesn't monetize videos that are controversial or deal with politics unless you're someone like Steven Crowder. So this is an ultimatum. Become a patron. Support my Patreon. Where I'm going to become a right-winger and get some of that easy money. You know for a fact that I could be bigger than Charlie Kirk or Jesse Lee Peterson.
6: Amazing!
2: All I have to do is talk about how I used to be an SJW snowflake, but the left went too far with their cultural Marxism and Republicans are stupid enough to buy it even though this video exists. And you know I'm right. So give me your money or I'm selling you out.
5: We live
7: in turbulent times. The media is full of deception, conspiracy theories, and fake news. Now, more than ever, it is important to ensure you're getting
2: information from a source that's freaking reliable. I'm Justin Mullins, and this is the Freakin' News.
7: Get a breaking or interesting story with a humorous twist in about a minute weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, on YouTube, BitChute, Odyssey, and more.
2: Barristers? Is that is that the name for the bus or the workers? I don't, <laughs> I'm a dumb American, warlord. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Happy Labor Day to everyone, not you, working this holiday weekend. I got the story. I've got the story ready to go, but I don't know what. Uh, wait a minute. They're like these are lawyers. I ain't talking. I ain't talking about no lawyers going on strike. I'm talking about. I'm talking about bus workers. Bus workers. <laughs> no, no bus. Bus. I identify more with the bus. Not that I don't have friends that are lawyers because I do, but like I identify more with the bus workers. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll do those lawyers too. When we, when we get to British strikes. Sound good. Good. We kosher now. Do you want, do you want to see socks? We got socks here. Apparently he wanted in while, uh, well, okay. Cool, 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 cool. cool. I didn't, I didn't know about the lawyers. I'm, I'm a dumb American. I told you. I didn't know about Joe Biden being in Milwaukee earlier today. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, the speech is about 30 minutes. I don't know how much of it we're going to watch. We might watch the first five or six minutes and then we'll move on.
6: Hello, Milwaukee
2: hello Brandon
6: come on man my name is Joe Biden I am Jill Biden's husband and I want to start by saying any child under 12 years of age deserves a little extra ice cream or something for doing this oh
2: sitting cow that's awesome to be the
6: most boring thing in the world for you honey
2: Japanese bus drivers went on strike, but they didn't stop driving their routes. They just stopped taking fares. That's the best kind of strike. That is solidarity.
6: But we're going to work something out for you, I promise. Folks, if you have a seat, don't hesitate to take them. Oh, thank you, man. Well, you know... I think, I think this, this is getting to be a pretty good uh, good year for a Labor Day. Eduardo, thank you for that introduction. It's, it's great, great to be with Governor, Governor Evers, uh, Representative Gwen Moore.
2: It's a good year for a Labor Day.
6: There you go, Gwen. I love you, kid. You've been there every step of the way when I needed help as president. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Mayor Johnson. Where? Ah,
2: Moulargi I love that.
6: There you go. You got those two beautiful girls in the sun. I tell you what. You got to tell your girls. You got to be patient with we dads. We're hard to raise. We're hard to raise. And uh, and I'm, where's the county executive? Stand up, big guy. I think these guys spent. I think these two guys spent all their time in the gym. He said,
2: "Stand up, big guy." I thought you were the big guy. I thought you were the big guy, oh, Joe. Tammy.
6: She couldn't be here today. That's was what the right
2: wingers keep telling me.
6: Always there. You know, and the same goes for Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes, couldn't be here, but he's gonna be your next United States Senator. Oh, he is.
2: It, it does look like he's going to be, indeed. In a race in a race that uh, he shouldn't win.
6: Thanks to Pam. For your leadership
2: of the AFLCO here in Milwaukee. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you. There was a fight, uh, it wasn't last night, not before last or something that I had with my friend on on Mortal Kombat. And we got to a certain point. I'm like, man, this is your fight to lose at this point in time. And he lost it. He fucking lost it. And that was Ron Johnson. It was his Senate race to lose. And it looks like he's going to lose it. Like, it's not, it's not that Barnes is a particularly good candidate. It's that Johnson is a fantastically horrible candidate.
6: Back there. Okay, there you are, Pam. Okay, I'm going to where sit. And how about actually having the union guys as Secretary of Labor? I tell you what. If you're going to be in a foxhole, you want Marty in there with you. Now, you may have trouble understanding when he starts talking about car bonds and garages and talks, to, talks kind of funny, but he knows what he's talking about. I promise to be the most pro-union president in American history, and Marty's keeping me make that promise. And by the way, the reason for that — and I've, I've had this conversation with the Business Roundtable and all the major chambers of commerce — it's not just just that I think that it's important that people get a shot. But look, the reason why, the reason why businesses should be hiring labor folks is simple.
2: By the way, the the Almanara crowd, they asked me straight up, if Jimmy Dore had a chance of winning, would I vote for Jimmy Dore or Joe Biden? And I was like, Biden, easily, come on. (laughs) but <laughs> like jimmy dora would never have a chance of winning and they thought that was like the, the biggest own they could ever have of me so i don't know i don't know i don't think they're serious
6: you, you're the single greatest technicians in the world you're the best laborers though. you build the best product no no i'm not just joking i'm not just saying that but people forget a lot of the trades they forget you go to four or five years of school you're an apprenticeship It's like Like going going back back to to college. college. It's It's not like like you all all of a sudden just
2: step step in. in. I don't know, guys. Do you think if I watch like a week of Jimmy Dore, if I just watch all the Jimmy Dore show for a week, do you think he might be able to change my mind? (laughs) We could do an experiment. We could do that on the Troll Patrol one week. It's just Jimmy Dore week. Justin watches Jimmy Dore here on the Troll Patrol. We'll see if Jimmy Dore can change my mind. Are you saying, nope, you don't want to do that? That wouldn't be a good, like, we do Jimmy Dore week on the Troll Patrol? <laughs> uh, you don't you don't think that that would be good content? Or you don't think that he would change my mind? Go into it with an open mind and watch Jimmy Dore for a week. And see if Jimmy Dore can convince me that of what... Because, like, I keep running into these people. I didn't think they existed until, you know, the other day. But now that I've ran into so many of them the dumb dumb left like i've heard like you know majority report referred to him god he ran he ran he ran you want a socks Soxy boy hey buddy oh 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 he's upset Mr. Socks. In case you don't know why he's called Socks, you know. I definitely wouldn't be high enough for that shit. I mean, I'll give it. I'll give it a chance. I'm gonna create a poll. You guys tell me what you want.
6: You build a better product. It lasts longer and it's cheaper for the business, and it's better for the country. Look, folks, Labor Day is a special day in the country for, and here in Milwaukee. This is one of the biggest Labor Day events in America you all have here. And it's a special day to me as well, because the fact of the matter is I wouldn't be here without unions, unions. Electricians, iron workers, letter carriers, teamsters, laborers, bricklayers, transit workers, plumbers and pipe fitters, steel workers. I wouldn't be here without cops, firefighters, teachers, nurses. I wouldn't be here without painters, pilots, auto workers, custodians, carpenters, grocery store workers, steel metal workers, and so many others. That's not a joke. That's not a joke. I got elected when I was 29 years old in the United States Senate in a state that had recently been right to work. You know why? Because union labor endorsed me and fought for me. So the bad news for you all I'm here because of you. Look, the middle class, the middle class built America. Everybody knows that. But unions built the middle class. That's a fact. That's a fact. Jack,
2: no malarkey. No malarkey at all. In American
6: history. I really mean that. It comes around every five or six generations. No
2: malarkey detected in that
6: statement. Where everything's changing. Everything's changing. And we're going to have to ask... Ch-ch-ch-ch-changes! <laughs> ...or backwards. We're going we're gonna to build a future or we're going to obsess about the past. I've said many times, we're the only country in the world that's come out of every crisis we ever faced stronger than we went in it. No other nation has done that. And we do it because we've been a nation of unity, of hope, of optimism, not a nation of division and violence and hatred being preached by some others.
2: I want to be very uh, The more he pisses the right wing off, the more everybody likes him. So, like, <laughs> hey, keep going for it.
6: That extreme ideology. I know because I've been able to work with mainstream Republicans my whole career. But the extreme MAGA Republicans in Congress have chosen to go backwards, full of anger. Oh, are, are we back to extreme MAGA? Together, we can and we must choose a different
2: path. I know it was ultra MAGA before. We're trying, we're the workshop and something else
6: have to a future of unity of hope of optimism
2: you know I'd forgotten all about that I'd forgotten all about like uh, Anna calling him out had the receipts and everything of his harassment at TYT I'd forgotten all about that Cicero thank you like that that did indeed happen just like seriously like like he is so disqualified for a, for a plethora of reasons but just he's stupid He's stupid, and the only exposure I've really had to him, he's been saying stupid things. So, I just, maybe, maybe I'm biased. That's why I'm offering to give him a week, and like, just completely open-minded. We'll watch the news through Jimmy Dora's eyes, I guess. And we'll see if we're better off for it. We probably, and like, two days in, I'm gonna be like, guys, let's go back to doing the news, because Jimmy Dore sucks. Mega, mega mega <laughs>
6: We're going to choose to build a better America, a better America. There's no question it's been a hard few years, but we've come a long way. Today, COVID no longer controls our lives. More Americans are working any time than all of American history. Last year. See, I,
2: did, I didn't know about any of that, Cicero. Like, I only like had a cursory knowledge of the the harassment just because, like, I watched the video where Anna responded and showed the the, the text messages.
6: For working and middle class Americans now, now. Nearly 10 million new jobs. More jobs have never been created at this point in any presidency in history. Wages are up.
2: <laughs> Mantium.
6: The big reason for all this is the American Rescue Plan that I signed into law shortly after taking office. With the help of your Democratic members of Congress, that's how we got it done. Not one single Republican vote. The plan took America from economic crisis to economic recovery. And here in Wisconsin, your governor and your mayor will want- I'm going to give him props, okay? Like, when he first
2: came into office, I'm like, you can't judge Joe Biden on what the economy is like right now. To the extent a president has any uh, influence on the economy, it takes a couple of years to see those policies in effect. And now that we're, we're like a year and a half into his presidency, and things are looking if we don't get like mass monkeypox outbreaks, which I kind of still think is going to happen. Cause I was thinking about last night, like football teams, football teams are going to be susceptible to things like contact wrestling teams. Like they're like, that's how they're going to really get into schools. Hell yeah! And we're, like we're we're gonna do all the real news tomorrow. Like it's just it's all labored tonight. But like Kiwi Farms got taken down
1: again.
2: They went to some Russian service and then they got taken down. I think they're gone for good now. We're gonna talk about the Saskatchewan stabber. One of them's dead. And the other one's still in the loose as of a couple hours ago. Before I started doing this shit. Uh, a Jimmy Dore we oh my god did warlord stack the vote again motherfucker (laughs) Motherfucker
6: Use that money like it's supposed to be used Keeping city workers on the job in the face of rising costs keeping streets safe by fixing streetlights training 130 new firefighters helping hire close to 200 more police officers not a single Republican voted for that not one single one every single Republican in Congress in this state voted against that funding. So let me remind you, and I really mean it, let me remind you, what else is in that American Rescue Plan? A thing called the Butch Lewis Act. look, for too long, most Americans don't know what that means. Those of you who have been driving trucks from factory stores, bagging our groceries, building our buildings, bridges, roads, so much more. And with each paycheck you earn, employees put money. You like stacked it both. Did you think like I couldn't see? Did you think that
2: I couldn't see that you contributed to both sides? Did you do that just because like, because I'm like, all right, I'm going to subtract Warlord's votes and see what really won. And, And like, it's one to one if I subtract everybody's votes but Warlord's. And give Warlord one vote. The one vote for Jimmy Dore is Warlord.
6: Probably the one vote against Jimmy Dore is Warlord. ...into that pension plan. But some companies didn't set aside enough money to pay for those plans. And as a result, hundreds of pensions, two to three million workers and retirees were going insolvent. Millions of retirees were at risk of losing their retirement security through no fault of your own. So with the American Rescue Plan, we passed the Butch Lewis Act to protect pensions all of you worked so damn hard for
2: Fucking A. Alright, that's enough of Brandon. Let's go back to labor. Like, we we, we got the gist of, like, I'm the most labor friendly president. That was a low bar, sir. That was a low bar. Despite union wins at Starbucks, Amazon, and Apple, labor laws keep cards stacked against organizers. Ain't that the truth? Peace on CNN. We're gonna watch here.
8: Let's start with Amazon for the first time.
2: Cicero, I'll have to put it in the i have to put it in the pile. I've got uh, I've got cats. I got cats working at a store for you tonight for Labor Day.
8: And workers just voted they want to form a union, signaling they don't think the company is doing its best by them. Even though Amazon fought hard against this, victory for the workers.
2: Oh, that's fucking adorable. That's fucking adorable.
8: Now, maybe you remember this all started at that Staten Island warehouse, JFK Eight, that made headlines last year when one worker, Chris Smalls, was fired after he led workers on a walkout over conditions during the, the I, pandemic.
2: This is kind of weird. The like, the music, the and like, is this a piece from CNN Today? It seems to be pro. But yes, it's from today. It seems to be pro-business, but yet, like, the video doesn't seem, I mean, it it seems to be pro-union, but, like, the video doesn't seem to be pro-union, like, is it just me, or is, is this shot of Smalls here kind of trying to make him look gangsta or some shit, and the music under it is really weird.
8: Smalls was fired after he led workers on a walkout over conditions during the height of the pandemic, right? This was when things were at their worst, deaths were happening at many places of work across the country, there was no vaccine. Now Amazon says that's not why he was fired, but it almost doesn't matter why or what happened, that strategy may have backfired. A lot of people gave money, they crowdfunded to start this union. And now Amazon cannot set the terms of pay benefits some working conditions here they're gonna to have to go to the union and negotiate
2: oh this was just a headline news piece from the first amazon union let's read the piece that's actually what i want to get into i'll fucking shit. union organizing has shifted into high gear but despite successful organizing drives at such corporate powerhouses as starbucks amazon and apple it's still an uphill climb for unions seeking to sign up new members recent history, those upstart union wins are very much the exception rather than the rule, and American labor laws remain stacked in employers' favor. There were 826 union elections from January through July of this year, up 45 percent from the number held in the same period of 2021, according to a CNN uh, analysis of data from the National Labor Relations Board, which oversees organizing votes at most U.S. businesses. And the 70% success rate by unions in those votes is far better than the 42% success rate in the first seven months of 2021. But there were only 41,000 potential union members eligible to vote in the 2022 elections. Even if the unions had won all of those votes, NLRB data don't uh, don't break down how many workers worked at each company holding a vote, it would be a drop in the bucket among the estimated 105 million workers at the U.S. businesses who don't belong to a union, according to Labor Department statistics. Campaign by the grassroots Starbucks Workers United is a big part for the, re- uh, for the reason for the, big part of the reason for the surge in organizing. There have been votes conducted at nearly 300 Starbucks stores so far this year, and while some results have yet to be determined, the union has won at about 200 stores, where the results have been certified, or 85% of those votes. There have been other high-profile victories in April, and Amazon Distribution Center in Staten Island became the first location in the company's history to vote for a union. Uh, And just last month, workers at a Chipotle in Michigan opted to form a union with the Teamsters. Let's talk about some of the union action going on in this country. UPS workers poised for a historic strike. For eight years, Rob Becker worked as a delivery driver for UPS in Queens, About five years ago, he was terminated. He got involved in his local union, Teamsters Local 804, and fought successfully to get reinstated. While pushing for changes and collecting signatures in recent months at UPS, as the Teamsters prepare for a new union contract fight across uh, at the company in 2023, Becker, an alternate union steward, was again fired from his job i guess i was costing the company too much money said becker we are constantly harassed and intimidated by our management it's never ending we do go through some calm periods but inevitably it turns back up at some point when they decide to crack the whip he said his termination noted that he was fired for taking a two to three minute break in the morning to get a drink of water the new union contract Becker and other workers have been pushing for better overtime protections and elimination of a second tier of delivery drivers who are paid less and provided with less protections for doing the same work, better pay for part-time employees, and HEAT protection. UPS workers and the Teamsters have signaled preparations to strike to win these demands in the next union contract. We are ready to strike 100%. It's obviously a weapon of last resort. In August, Teamsters International launched the contract fight at UPS, as the union leadership newly elected in 2021 has signaled an end to accepting concessions in union contracts with UPS. The union is fighting for the end of misclassifying workers as a means to pay them less, such as personal vehicle drivers who work as temporary contractors. They also want uh, the increasing surveillance of drivers on the job, a two-tier employee system for drivers, at least a $20 an hour starting pay for part-time employees, and heat protection as UPS vehicles are not equipped with air conditioning. UPS cut hourly pay for many part-time workers earlier this year, as the company reported record profits of nearly $13 billion in 2021. power to them workers in philadelphia organized a sip in for starbucks workers philly sip-ins used to help starbucks employees on labor day this labor day weekend workers at starbucks locations across the city organized a series of sip-in protests with the philly democratic socialists of america the goal buy small and tip large the service industry can be an exploitative business practice, it said Connor Aguilar Al, Alguire, Alguire. Probably. Sorry if I butchered your name, Connor. A 23-year-old barista, we aren't getting paid enough with the amount of work that we're doing, especially when you're trying to pay bills like student debt. Alguire works at the Starbucks at 22nd and South Streets and is a member of Starbucks Workers United. He also worked as a union organizer for a month and says that the efforts Starbucks Corporation has made to raise wages and protect workers' rights have not been enough. Power to you guys in Philly. Up to Maine. to Maine where Bidford. I think I'm saying it right. Bidford. Starbucks workers... Go on strike today. Workers at a Starbucks in Bidford. Tones, good evening. Welcome. Happy Labor Day to you. Workers at a Starbucks in Bidford went on strike on Monday to protest unfair labor practices they say they've encountered since voting to join a union. Boy, we keep... We keep mm. I said it when we were watching the UAW piece about the history of the labor movement is the same old story, same old song and dance. The Bidford location was the first in Maine to join Starbucks Workers United, which formed last year to represent Starbucks workers across the country. Workers at Bidford's Alfred Street location voted 9-3 in July to unionize. Workers at a Starbucks store in Portland have since taken steps to join the union. There indeed might be a pattern in that whole attacking the government and trying to get involved in local school boards and sports teams and shit. Man, that all sounds familiar, doesn't it? It just keeps on repeating itself. Since the July vote, Bidford workers say the company has engaged in unfair labor practices that include retaliation and cutting store hours. They picketed in front of the store on Labor Day holding signs that read Pumpkin Strike Latte and People Over Profit. The store was closed Monday because of the strike and the front door was plastered with wanted posters of CEO Howard Schultz saying he is wanted alive at the bargaining table. Bidford, Maine, I hope I'm saying the name of your town correctly, power to you. Let's move on down to Florida, the dick of the United States. Employees at Florida's first unionized Starbucks go on strike for back wages and better working conditions. Employees at Tallahassee's oldest Starbucks were spending Labor Day on the picket line. The workers are objecting to the company's delay in giving them a promised pay hike as well as other workplace issues. The, stores I- the store is on North Monroe Street near the John Knox Road intersection. It's a place Barista Eddie Curtis said is quite historic. This is the first Florida Starbucks that has been certified in their union. This is also the oldest location in Tallahassee. This is the first Starbucks in Florida to go on strike. We are on strike because the National Labor Relations Board, the NLRB, is going to court against Starbucks for illegally withholding wages from organized stores. The store voted to unionize back in May, and Curtis said workers were supposed to get a pay hike in June, but didn't. Workers in Tallahassee, Florida, at the Starbucks, power to you. And I'm sorry for all these Starbucks stories we're not getting to cover. Once again, it, I, I don't have time for all of it tonight, but we're going to get a good survey of what is going on in this country today on Labor Day. To Pennsylvania, where nurse strike continues on Labor Day. I. It once again, like my ad blocks seem to have disappeared for some reason. They work for a couple of days and then they come and somehow like ads come back and this is weird.
8: Picket line events as solidarity builds and Labor Day is no exception. Our Seth Kaplan joins us live from a Cumberland County nursing home with more. Good afternoon, Seth.
7: Hey Kayla, happy Labor Day. You got the power. all our friends at home watching. Yeah, this is something that used to occur with some regularity in decades past, a a strike on Labor Day itself. Rarer now, if you look across the street, these are dozens of working home, of uh, nursing home workers rather, among the 67 who are on strike at the gardens of West Shore, just this facility alone, among many more on strike all across Pennsylvania. And, they are on strike still right now. Uh, they've been on strike since Friday. They told me <laughs> they are on strike still. They didn't actually think it would come to this. Nursing workers did get the.
2: One of my very first news hits I ever did for a radio station, I was on the side of like this this giant boulder had fallen and closed a two lane road. And I'm like, I'm, I'm there looking at the thing. <laughs> And the uh, the the jock that was running the board back at the station was like, "Justin, can you tell us about what's going on at the scene?" I'm like, "Well, Chris, it's a giant boulder."
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, 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 You tell how big it is, you know. Like, you know, now now knowing what I know, it was a it's five stories. It's taking up both lanes. They are not going to be able to clear this out today. It, it is going to take. Some very large equipment to clear this road. Do not come like, that's how I would have done it now. But like then, I'm just like stunned. Like, Chris, it's a big boulder. <laughs> it's it's a wonder I'm like, it's a big fucking boulder. <laughs> uh, the dude's like, well, they're striking. They're over there. They're striking still. Still striking. we check in
7: with them again. Yep, they're still striking. with some of the nursing home owners, but priority and comprehensive nursing homes. Priority owns the one here. Haven't come to a deal. Workers say they were here picketing alongside management for all the record funding they got from legislators in the budget deal
5: and we worked hard to get that. We were down at the Capitol, we were going in talking to the legislations. We were down there. Um, wow. that. And then um, the owners of priority, they were just sitting back waiting for us to do all the hard work. And now that we got all the work done, now they don't even want to give us any of it. You know, we are out here in
9: the rain and we might be getting wet, but our spirits certainly are not damp. Keep the faith.
7: Love that woman. She's a food service worker who's been working at this very facility for more than 20 years. Uh, By the way, what do the homes have to say about this? We've been working hard to get their side of the story because, of course, there are two sides to every story. We're trying again today, and I'll tell you. There are not two sides. Well, I
2: mean, I guess there is another side. The other side is just they're fucking greedy, dude. They're fucking greedy. That's the other side. They're fucking greedy.
7: Just as soon as we hear something from them, we want to get their side out to you too. And and just the fact that it is Labor Day and we do have a strike after all these years of not having strikes. We went back in our records. We said, how far back do you have to go to find a strike like this in the mid-state on Labor Day? Well, that answer for you also coming up tonight beginning live at five right now in Cumberland County live, Seth Kaplan.
2: Oh, oh, a tease, a tease. Cumberland, Pennsylvania, power to you. Nurses in Wisconsin also striking today. University of Wisconsin health nurses to go on strike. Oh, oh, the strike is actually set to start uh, next week. It will not be occurring today. I still have no clue what happened to all of my ad blockers. I have like five on this browser so that I never have to see an ad and somehow, some way, like Microsoft, Microsoft, fuck you, dude. Fuck you. Fuck you, Microsoft. Fuck you, Microsoft. I don't even George Webb restaurant. What the fuck is that? I can't.
7: I can't even patronize it. The strike will start on September 13th and last through at least September 16. The nurses claim their employer is not recognizing their union.
8: Administrations made it clear that they will not meet with us um, to discuss the union anymore. So all of the.
2: Same old story, same old song and dance. The door is closing and in every avenue that we've tried. Possibly, we're Dustin. We're I think it, no it did. Option. It did do an update. I can tell you that it did
7: do an update.
10: Working, we, we're, we're left with no other option.
7: In a statement, UW Health called the plans for a strike both disappointing and unfortunate.
10: Well,
2: I can I can tell you I can tell you how to avoid the strike if it is so unfortunate. Just point just point well, it I'm out.
3: Point of view, when an accountant talks to you and says, what was your cost what
2: in the fuck? C.O.G.S.
3: If this is not a term you've heard before. Write this down. C.O.G.S. Cogs Costs of good. No, no, It means. It's no, I have
2: completely of fucked of everything up. I have no clue how I did that. What in the fuck? No clue how I did that one. I got the gremlins in the computer as, as some people like to say. Don't even know how it's possible. Just like, I don't know how it's possible to see, to see ads. How, what in the fuck? My computer just did some really weird shit. I live in web browser anarchy.
7: You live in sexual anarchy? Man, really
2: put a damper in the fact that like I was on a roll. I was on a roll, uh where were you guys at University of Wisconsin is that Madison Madison Wisconsin power to you we stand with you we stand you here on Labor Day Columbus teachers on strike apparently they have secured a victory updated today after a historic strike and a fight against inhumane school conditions Columbus teachers scored a victory for themselves oh shit oh this actually happened last week oh fuck I missed this I thought they were still on strike on August 28th, educators voted 71% to 29% to approve a new three-year contract with CCS. In their new contract, teachers gained new provisions that had never been won before, including a pay raise, a contractual promise to fix or install HVAC systems in schools, reduction in class size, and paid paternal leave. Fucking A! Columbus educators won their best contract yet through the power of the collective action, but it came after withstanding a long struggle. On August 21st, Columbus educators represented by the Columbus Education Association, voted to reject the final contract offer from the CCS Board of Education. Instead, the 4,500-member strong union, made up of teachers, librarians, nurses, counselors, and psychologists, overwhelmingly voted by 94% to strike. The strike vote came in the wake of back-and-forth deliberations and negotiations where the board was still unwilling to seriously tackle the urgent problem faced by students and teachers. Probably still not enough. Probably still not enough. Move to Seattle and talk about teachers in Seattle. We we haven't talked about uh, people out on the West Coast very much. Seattle teachers ready for the final days of bargaining as a strike looms. Seattle teachers will hold an organizing event this afternoon in Seattle as they get ready for the final days of bargaining in hopes of striking a deal with the school district on a new contract. The Labor Day event actually precedes a rally that's supposed to happen on Tuesday afternoon. If a strike is going to happen that keeps children out of school, it would hit on September 7th. Jennifer Matter, head of the Seattle Education Association, did say that bargaining teams were working on Labor Day to try to strike a deal. Seattle public schools, teachers, we stand with you. And the nurses, the what the support staff that also makes schools possible. We stand with you. Including, including the janitors all the custodians the 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 lunch people they might be part of a different union they the lunch people might be like part of a service union or something we stand with you but it's not just it's not just the US in the UK the first day of bus strikes in Kent and east of England. Do you Warlord, if you're still here, do you guys even... Do you have labor with a U-day over there? Is that a thing, or is this just a U.S.? I thought it was just a U.S. holiday. Is today anything significant? Or do you guys just celebrate May Day like the rest of the fucking world? Hundreds of bus workers... That's May Day. Uh, that's International Workers' Day. That's that's the day everybody else celebrates. I don't know why the U.S. I don't know what the what Labor Day has. To do. we watched the fucking video of the labor movement. as why, why in September. <laughs> I did not. I did not get that from the video, even though the video was very informative. Why? Why not just celebrate May Day with the rest of the world? would seem to be more, you know, collective. Hundreds of bus workers have walked out in a dispute over pay on the day many children head back to school. About 600 workers in Kent, employed by Arriva, backed the strike after the company made a pay offer of 10%. The Unite Union, which organized the industrial action, said the company had chosen not to give a decent pay raise. A spokesperson for Arriva said it was extremely disappointed for its customers. The union argues Arriva's pay offer is, in real terms, a pay cut due to the rise of inflation. About 300 people are also striking in Essex Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire, and Buckinghamshire, which is affecting services with fewer buses running. Also, I want to highlight the Motherfuck. I like the story that Warlord pointed out to me about the lawyers doing good work. They are going on strike. Buckinghamshire. Buckinghamshire. Barristers start indefinite strike action over pay in England and Wales. I mean, you can't fault them for style. Check out those powdered fucking wigs. The Criminal Bar Association walkout is likely to worsen existing court delays with tens of thousands of cases already waiting to go to trial. The CBA wants a 25% rise in legal fees, raise, rise in legal fees, a legal aid fees for representing defendants who could not otherwise afford lawyers. Justice Minister Sarah Dines has called the escalation irresponsible, but Christy Brimelow, who chairs the CBA, says it is an attempt to hold up the criminal justice system from complete collapse. Although the all-out strike formally starts on Monday, members of the CBA have staged intermittent walkouts since the end of June, escalating to week-long strikes on alternate weeks throughout August. So, to the CBA in England and Wales, we stand with you. Fucking, I'm sorry, bus drivers, I didn't give you a, a proper fist. Bus drivers in Kent and uh, all the shires in the east of England, we stand with you. Power to you. All right, now I'm going to show you the men who here on this Labor Day probably had the hardest job. The hardest job in the universe. And their comrades. Russian cosmonauts conduct repairs on the International Space Station.
9: Okay, if you rested enough...
2: How much do you have to pay for the wigs? Oh, my God. Let's
9: turn off the...
1: Camera. I may
2: be wrong. I'm just assuming this is the hardest, most dangerous job anyone performed today. I could be wrong. We
1: are turning
9: off the cameras.
1: not going just
9: two, three seconds, and it will turn off.
1: Signal,
9: should be a signal. Okay,
2: it's not. Oh, I originally said in the universe, didn't I? That's what I meant. Like this is the the hardest job in the in the universe. I said it right the first time. Did you
9: also? Record was below you. SM, the first plane of SM. Was it like you when you were...
2: Putting myself like, I can't imagine, like, hanging off the side of the International Space Station Uh, with with only, like, that one little uh, fucking tie-off between me and floating into just complete abyss. I'd like, I would be scared shitless right now. I could not do this.
9: don't have uh, images of the service module from this angle. Uh All right, we'll do. Just a second.
1: We're we're, we're switching
2: cameras here.
3: To send uh command i think
2: i want two ties just in case a
3: few moments to take catch a
2: break seriously look at these motherfuckers they're just hanging over the side of it
6: uh elapsed time 152 we are ahead by about 30 minutes
2: scared, absolute shitless I would be. There's no way I could go out there and repair something.
11: Today's Russian EVA or Spacewalk 54A. The crew is currently reporting they are about 30 minutes ahead of the timeline. The duo is currently being seen outside the Nyoka module with the European robotic arm. They are currently installing a control panel that they removed from a different location and now are are looking to work with Mission Control Moscow to get control power, the control panel. I mean,
2: I don't know, like, I don't know how you can make these working conditions any safer. My God, look at that. Ah.
1: Too warm. Um, well, I kind of They
11: just,
9: they
2: just, they just hanging off a too hunk of metal floating warm. in space. for
9: you to off. So we have not uh, bothered you, but uh, that's, it's been some time already, so okay, I'm saving the battery your I mean, we, we
2: hate to see cooperation end with, with okay. the Russian cosmonauts too, at the International Space Station
9: okay then, then I can use the pump
2: I believe 2024 is when <laughs> cooperation will end if something doesn't change I just, I've often thought about this to myself. Like, if I had the chance to go to space in in a rocket, like, wouldn't you take that if you could be, like, one of, like, what, just a few hundred people that have have been into space?
9: We have a wide eye, and we've been uh, lacking some, so let's
2: They're moving at 17,000 miles per hour? Are you serious? The the satellite is moving at 17,000 miles an hour?
11: Expedition 67 Commander Oleg Artemiev and Flight Engineer Denise Matveyev are currently working on get-ahead tests, where they will extend... scared of heights. Look at that. Look at that. ...to the POIS module. The duo has completed the primary objectives of the day, which included the relocation of external control panels for the European robotic arm, as well as a test that tested the rigidizing mechanism on the arm that will be used to facilitate the grasping. That's
2: how fast it orbits?
9: Uh, the the link. Okay.
2: 17,000 miles per hour. That's how fast uh, it orbits.
9: uh, uh, Let's try just
2: Just casually cruising at 23 times the speed of sound. Wow.
9: So now, going up.
1: Yes, yeah,
2: going up. Wow. That's also one of those things where, like, you can't tell. Like, we can't tell that the Earth is spinning.
11: At the Straya boom, as well as both cosmonauts, we see Oleg Ar- Artemiev in the Orland suit with the red stripe, and we see Denise Matveev in the Orland suit with the blue stripes. Artemiev is cranking to move the Straya boom to the poise module. As we have Denise Mavev at the end trying to do the connection.
2: <laughs> Maybe too drunk for this. Is
9: it extending?
2: Yes. I thought this was a fitting, you know, into the Labor Day special. I mean, you've got you've got your cat video coming at you, and the cats are also doing labor. It's a Labor Day themed cat video.
9: Shifting right
11: again. After the completion of the extension. This is, to- the,
2: this is the man and woman doing the hardest labor in the universe on Labor Day.
11: To grab that bundle. Of protective coverings and the launch restraint rings and they're going to well, I guess
2: maybe I can't say universe After
11: that, the crew will look to head back inside where we conclude today's EVA
2: the most difficult labor in our solar system
9: Okay, uh, keep then and then I in constant
2: freefall I thought it's orbiting
9: connect.
2: How can it be in constant free fall? Okay,
1: well,
2: that okay. could just be a physics thing I don't understand. There you have it. That was the Russian cosmonauts. This morning, Hil- Nobody gives a shit about Hillary Clinton. Why are you bringing up Hillary Clinton? Why are you bringing, bringing up Hillary Clinton? Orbiting is free fall? Okay, it's a physics thing I don't understand then. And I even took I even took astronomy one and two in college.
10: The first time people come in, almost every time, and they see the cats, they're like, cats in a bird store. How ironic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> tell them
10: they're here to, well, keep us company, greet the customers, and keep the mice away from the food. So at Wild Birds Unlimited, We sell bird feeders and bird seed to attract wild birds into your yard. We also sell bird baths because birds need water as much as food.
2: See, I'm thinking about it as this way, but it's not, you're saying like, our orbiting is just falling, 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 falling. Um, well, I mean, astronomy does have physics involved with it. Like it's, it's like baby physics. You have to learn in order to do the astronomy. So like, I would have like something, something like orbit being like in constant freeze. That, that seems like something you would talk about in astronomy, but maybe I was just high, but I, I kind of, I paid attention in astronomy. I paid attention in astronomy. So Look at! Oh my God! Look at the tuxedo! I love tuxedos. That's
10: what we do. We attract wild birds, and we help people identify them too. And we have cats here because we have so much seed, which can attract rodents.
2: <laughs> well, so good. so basically, the deal with astronomy is you're just basically measuring how far things are. Like that's that's honest to God. And the reason I took it was because I was in broadcasting, so I was like, okay, waveforms and shit like that. That is totally what you know and it like it totally did it, it complemented my, my broadcasting classes quite nicely I thought so like that's, that's the reason why I took the astronomy but like it was mainly you know measuring how far shit is out there you know <laughs> look at this kitty look at that face
10: and we have never seen one rodent here
2: well, the cats are doing their job. So these are cats employed in a bird feed store.
10: Cam and Bobby are from the rescue group. To keep the rats out. Great. I,
2: great. I, in keeping with the theme of tonight's show, think that the cats need to go on strike for better working condition in the Wild Birds Unlimited Nature Shop. And we stand with the cats in the Wild Birds Unlimited Nature Shop.
10: At home here with us and because we're open seven days a week they are able to get a lot of attention all day long camden is our tuxedo cat our black and white kitty
2: oh hey camden he's
10: super super loving.
2: you are adorable
10: held. sometimes i put him in a baby sling and carry him around he's really relaxed he likes to eat we have him on a diet because he likes to eat so much. <laughs> uh, always hanging around his food bowl. And Bobby is our girl kitty. Bobby is the kitty that likes attention but she doesn't like to be held. So she likes to be stroked on her head. She likes to sit on the tallest bag of seed. I think kind of to be eye level. She also likes to climb into her cat tower that we have up in the front by the window. Oh yeah, cat tower up there and she's always up on the top highest part she's kind of a climber she likes to be high uh they definitely bring great energy they're fun to watch they're very entertaining they're sweet people like to reach out and touch them. if
2: you are watching on twitch you're going to head over to poly people who is having a debate on sex work and just so you know sex work is real work and we also stand with sex workers here on this Labor Day. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freaking. We'll see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol Live.